As we think about prayer, because if we're going to start a week of prayer, 168 hours of prayer, I wanted to share a message this morning on prayer, on the, the reconnect. And I don't know if you can see that slide, but at the top of that mountain is an individual. It's not a cross. It's actually a, a little individual. You know, and, and throughout history, man has tried to reconnect with God in various different ways. And we know that, of course, the only way to connect with our Heavenly Father is to actually come back to Him, to actually uh, connect our lives with Him. Here at LGF, we have a phrase that we're connected with purpose. And our purpose is to connect with God and to connect with others and to connect others to God. And the beginning of the Bible shows us God's creation of the very first two humans. And it's a story of how he communed with them daily. You know, when he, God was walking and talking with Adam and Eve in that garden, his design for them included regular communication. I don't know how many of you are in a, any kind of relationship. You've got a friendship, a, a working relationship, um, a marriage You've got kids, whatever kind of relationship you're in, you, chances are there's communication. It's not that you, you can't even be a co-worker if you're not sharing any kind of details. Um, you know, you have to know what's going on. And God's designed for us that it, we would have regular communication with him. But we know that that was destroyed at the fall of mankind. That relationship was destroyed and, and man didn't feel like he could connect with God anymore. Man suddenly felt naked. Not so much, you know, we, we hear that phrase that Adam was naked and afraid, and not, or naked and afraid, naked and alone. And not so much that he was naked in terms of that he had no clothes physically, but naked that he was alone spiritually, that he was outside the communion with God. God had always desired to have regular fellowship with us. That's God's desire, is to have a regular communication with you. And being a spiritual being, praying is the mechanism which allows us to do that, to connect with our Heavenly Father. If, if you are joining us in the Bible reading program, uh, excellent, we're glad to have you. If you haven't signed up yet or would like to know more about it, Again, see me at the end of the service, because what we're going to do is every month or every 30-some days, we're going to start a new program again. Um, so we're only a few days into the very first one. You can catch up easily, and I want to encourage you to connect along with us. It's called Soul Detox. But prayer was the communication or was the mechanism that allowed us to communicate with God as Pentecostals, which we are. It is, a, it is language. We understand the importance of language, of speaking to God, that it became even part of that experience at the book of Acts in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Proof that God desires to speak to us and for us to speak to him. So I'll ask a question, how was your prayer life? You know, last, uh, last week when we talked about if only... I'm sure that has gone through our heads often with our prayer life. You know, if 
only I would have prayed more, if only I would have spent more time in prayer, if only I would have concentrated more, if only I would have done that. Yeah, we're not going to place guilt on you because that's not the goal. The goal is as we examine our lives, as we examine our prayer lives, that we'd say, God, my desire is to reconnect with you. My desire, is, God, is to be in touch with who you are and what you are doing. Prayer is often overlooked by Christians as a drudgery or something they have to do. I want you to know this morning that prayer is not something you have to do or got to do. It's a privilege. And yes, of course, you should pray. But God's not looking up looking at us from heaven and saying, now you have to do this. He's not, he's not keeping us under a law anymore. It is a privilege. It's a right that we have. It's the access that we have to our Heavenly Father. See, because if it becomes a have to, then it's no longer a grace, is it? It's like, well, i got to fill in all these boxes and check them so that I'm a good Christian, I'm a good follower of Christ. No, it is a privilege we get to. And we should, of course, pray. But it, let's get it out of our heads that, oh, I have to. No, I want to. I desire to. And that's where it starts. It should be a desire from the, from the, the inner person of who you are. Say, God, thank you that I get to pray. Thank you that I have access to you. You see, we have access to God because of what? We just celebrated. Because of Jesus Christ. Because of what he's done on that cross. We know that when Jesus Christ died on that cross, that the, the curtain in the, in the temple the, that separated the Holy of Holies from just the holy place where anybody could go was torn in two. It gave us access to where the only high priest could go before. It gave us access to the very throne room of God. So you and I have access to that because of Jesus Christ. Wow. We get to. We get to. It's the enemy of our soul that tells us that you didn't pray enough. You could have did this more. You could have did It tries to put us back under the law. You see, because the moment that we look back under the law and say, well, I didn't do it enough. I didn't do it more than I should have. Then we feel that guilty feeling again, don't we? Or if it's, you know what, I get to pray. I'm allowed to pray. I can actually meet with our Heavenly Father. Oh, that should invigorate life in us. That should say, like, yeah, I get to connect with God. I get to be in His presence. Oh, what a privilege we have. As you search throughout Scripture... There's not a place in Scripture where Jesus took the disciples aside and said, you know what, now this is how you preach. Here's how you write a sermon. You've got three points. Back in the old days, we made sure that they all signed up with the same letter. Jesus didn't do that with his disciples. He didn't say this is how you preach. He didn't even say this is how you proclaim. He said when you proclaim it. But in fact, what he did teach them is how to pray. They said, we don't even know how to pray. And you remember, of course, the Lord's Prayer taught them how to pray. The Bible teaches us that the importance 
and privilege of prayer can be the joy of our daily communion with him. The reconnect. Connecting our lives, your life, back with our Heavenly Father. I got only two points today. You're saying, oh, that's good. It's going to be nice and short. The first one is devoted. As they gathered in that upper room in the book of Acts, they weren't there just for moments. They didn't say, okay, let's get this prayer meeting going. Let's get this thing started. And, and then prayed for a few moments. And it's like, okay, amen, I'm going. Where, like, where's lunch? Where's, where are we going? They were committed to being there until God showed up. They were committed to being there until something happened of which they hadn't experienced before. They were devoted to say, you know what, God, I want to be with you. God, I want to hear from you. God, I want you to speak to my life. I need the power that you can offer, and God, I'm here waiting for it. I'm here waiting for you. They were devoted in that upper room. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They weren't just sitting around hoping something would happen. They were in prayer constantly. This is what anchored them in the midst of the persecution of the church. In times of distress and uncertainty, when facing both the good times and bad times, it was this relationship they had with God that held them. Prayer wasn't just burdensome. It wasn't just like, oh, I guess I gotta pray. It wasn't that at all. It was their normal practice. It was their normal practice. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, the very first starting of this verse, it says they devoted themselves. They, were devoted to the, they devoted themselves to these four things, if you read the remainder of that verse. They devoted themselves to doctrine, to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, of which we've done this morning, and to prayer. They said, you know what? These things are important. It's important that we understand doctrine. It's important that we have fellowship, that we connect with each other. It's important that we break bread together and understand that we are saved by grace and not by the law. And they devoted themselves to prayer. It was not a multiple-choice menu. It was not like they could say, well, which one do I want to be devoted to? Well, fellowship, guess what? I like me some potluck. I'm going to be devoted to that one. Uh, I'll just take that one. No, it wasn't a multiple-choice. It wasn't a menu. They had to say, God, I want everything. I want to be devoted to you and to the body of Christ in every way. Again, they were devoted in doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayer. In fact, it was not just the upper room where they were called to be devoted. It shows up in Paul's writings over and over again, such as in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Wow. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 
And in the following verses, Paul repeats for the Colossians to pray for specific things. Prayer was a commitment. It was a privilege that they had. They were to be faithful in praying daily. When Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, to the Thessalonian believers concerning the return of Jesus and how believers are to live while watching for his return, he writes one of the shortest verses in Scripture. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, Pray continually. Pray continually. It's like, how do I do that? I have to work. How do I do that? I mean, there, there's times where I, it's not an atmosphere of prayer. You see, because I believe prayer should come out from every part of who we are. It should say, God, I, I want a communion with you, not just... We have prayer sometimes just down to a, a program or to a, a formula that we think, well, it's got to just start here, you know, start with the dear Heavenly Father or dear God. And, and always has to end with an amen or, or a so be it. But what if we just said, God, today may my life glorify yours. And, and every day, God, I want not just to turn that on and off like a switch. But God, I want to go through this day being aware of what you're going to say. God, I want to be aware as I walk through this life, as I go through my job, as I connect and interact with others, I want to con constantly and continually hear from you. It's not like just watching your favorite program where it's, okay, this is my hour time slot. No, I pray that we would constantly be connected with God. That God would drop something in your heart, you'd be like, yeah, I need, to, I need to just stop and think about this right now. That it wouldn't be just a switch, uh, uh, starting with a dear Heavenly Father and ending with an amen. It would be, God, would you speak to me? I believe that's how we get to the place of praying continually. Saying, God, I want to be aware. I want to be God aware of what is going on. So that God, when you speak, I will answer. So that God, when you, when you lay something in my heart, I will respond to it. You see, prayer is not just verbal communication. And that's sometimes where we get hung up with the, well, it's got to start here and it's got to end there. Prayer is not just verbal communication. It's communing with God constantly. Constantly. If our lives are constant prayer, then we aren't caught off guard when things happen. It's like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Prayer is not twisting God's arm to get what we want. It's aligning our lives to what God wants. It's not saying, hey, God, you're going to do this for me or else. God, you have to. What if God's working something else out? What if God has got a bigger picture in mind? Oh, okay. God, I allow you to do what you need to do. I want to align my life with yours. I want to align my life, of God, with what you are saying. Failure to pray will mean a loss of peace. It doesn't mean that God won't work on our behalf, though. You see, God is not up there saying, well, if you didn't pray about it, so I can't work on your behalf. That's not the God we serve. 
Again, if you were stuck in, in, in a religiosity, in works, then that's the kind of God you serve, where if you didn't do something, he doesn't look out for you. That's not the God we serve here. God isn't upkeeping score. He's not saying, well, you didn't spend any time with me, therefore I don't work on your behalf. No, that's not true. But if you want to have peace in your life, you'll be in prayer with God. If you want to have peace in the circumstances and situations you're going through, you will connect with him so that what you're going through, you're saying, yeah, God, this is, this is not easy, but I thank you, God, you've not forgotten me. You've not just disconnected from me. The second point is discipleship. The early church made, a, made praying for one another of the daily experiences they had. And it helped them to free, to become free from fear and doubts, from the feeling of being helpless in the midst of persecution. So they made praying for one another a daily experience. You see, this connected them with one another. Again, going back to what, what we say here to LGF, our purpose is to connect with others, to connect with God, and our purpose and we're connected with purpose, and our purpose is to connect others with God. You go around it twice. You see, so I want you to know that as your pastor, I'm praying for you and with you. And I hope you're doing the same for me. And I hope you're doing the same across this body, and, and even for those that you haven't seen because of, you know, maybe they're at home. That we would not go through life without somebody praying for us. I pray this morning that you would know a peace in your heart that somebody is praying for you. Somebody is lifting you up to God. It's hard to be angry with either God or others when you're praying for them. Did you know that? When you're praying, God, would you bless them? God, would you reveal your life to them? Hey, God, would you restore them? It's hard to be angry at those kind of people anymore. Are there people that get, that get the best of us and get us frustrated? Yeah. Guaranteed. I probably even have done that in your life. You probably said, oh, that pastor. Then you pray for me, and it's like, oh, I can't really be mad at the pastor anymore. Let me smile. Oh, an amazing smile as I'm seeing this morning. It's hard to be angry with somebody when, when you're praying for them. It was the spiritual glue that held that early church together, and it will do that as well today. The routine of the prayer life of the early disciples, it was, remember, that when they were going to the temple, and Peter and John were on their way, and it was about three in the afternoon, and they were going there as it was the time for prayer. It was be part of their regular life. It was part of their, their routine, if you want. But not that they stuck God in that box and said, God, you only can work from this space. No, they simply had a, a, a daily habit of saying, you know what, I will set aside this time. And that's what we're asking you to do for the next 168 hours. Say, you know what, I will set aside an hour. I will take some time. Maybe God will wake you up or maybe you don't go to bed until 3 in the morning. You can be one of those ones that fill in that time slot. Say, so you know what, for the next week, I will wake up at three. 
a.m. And I'll pray. I'll say, God, would you, what, what do you have for us? God, what do you want to do in our lives? You see, there are set times where I set prayer life as well. We know that healing in the New Testament was often predicated by prayer first. The Bible tells us that we're to call for the elders of the church to anoint with oil and pray. And the prayer offered will make the sick person well. We're told that. On one occasion where the disciples failed to pray or failed to cast out a demon, Jesus said that these kind of demons didn't come out except by prayer first. They had apparently failed to pray first. With no prayer, we can't expect deliverance. With no prayer, there's no freeing. I've often wondered, what makes a great church? Is LJF a great church? Yeah, I believe that. Is, is God done with us? Absolutely not. Are, are we the best church? I wouldn't say that, because I don't think there is one. I think we're all, all works in progress. But I believe that a church has to have more than glitz and great music and even great preaching. It needs prayer. You see, you can have, and, and we are blessed. I mean, these guys brought these lights in. We got amazing every single one of our worship leaders and musicians and they do an amazing job we are blessed here and i think when pastor Catherine and myself preach i think we do an okay job but it's, we've got to have more than that we've got to have more than that we have to have prayer it can't be just a production it has to be saying, God, what do you want from us? How can we connect with you? When we have boiled church down to our production, oh, we miss it greatly. We miss it greatly. As Paul traveled about and he prayed constantly for those of his brethren, he said this in Romans chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. It says, first, I thank God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart, in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray now that at last by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may be impacted, sorry, that I may impact to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Paul's fellowship with them was through the bond of constant prayer. When he couldn't be present with them, he could be connected with them in prayer. Think about those that you're praying for that maybe, again, during COVID, we, we don't see everybody every Sunday or even once a month. It seems hard. But if we are praying for them, we, there's a connection. 
We're saying, God, would you bless them? God, would you partake, undertake for them? God, would you strengthen them, supply for them? There's a connection that goes and that comes. When he couldn't be re with them present, he connected with them in prayer. Paul nearly always references prayer when he addressed any church. Something he was normally doing on their behalf. He was praying for them. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 3 says, we, thank, we always thank God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. How do you feel when people tell you that they're praying for you? How do you feel when somebody says, you know what, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God would strengthen your life. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Unfortunately, sometimes we have gotten to the place where we just throw it out like a phrase. Somebody will share a need of their life with us and we just say, oh, I'm praying for you. And then not really pray for them. I mean, if somebody shares a need or something with you and you say, don't just throw out the phrase, I'll pray for you without really praying for them. And why not just pray for them right then and there? I've had people pray for me in, in places where like the grocery store or a restaurant and I'm like, okay. It gets a little bit awkward when they're loud and the whole restaurant hears what they're praying for, you know. But, but it's okay. It's okay. If somebody mentions a need with you or says, you know, would you rejoice with me? It's okay to say, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in their so-and-so's life. Why not do it right then and there? Then we don't have to just give out the phrase while I'm praying for you. Can I encourage us? So that's something different for 2021. Instead of just saying the phrase that we actually do it, mm. how about that for a change? Or somebody tells you something on the phone, say, let me pray for you right now. Say, God, would you supply? Would you provide? Would you undertake? God, would you move? Would you bless? Would you strengthen? Father, I rejoice with. Oh, that'd be, I, I think that'd be a great habit to have for 2021. You see, it feels really good when somebody prays for us. Oh, I, I thank God even for the people that tell me, that, you know, I'm praying for you. Feels good. It brings us back to that Garden of Eden, God's desire to commune, to commune with man. Prayer is the power to reconnect with God on a daily basis. And daily living is the design God has for us. Prayer is powerful not because it changes things, but because it changes us. Failure to pray means that we don't change. And changing more and more into the image of Christ is the goal. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we enter this new year, Lord, our desire is to pray, to be connected, to reconnect, not on a have-to basis, but on a want-to.
on a desire. Lord, I pray that our desire would be to connect with you, to connect with this body through prayer, to understand that what it means to pray for one another, that when we become aware of of situations, I pray, Lord, that we would be taking that to prayer. Lord, I pray that even as we start this week of prayer, 24 hours of prayer every day, I pray, Father, that there would be new spiritual life in us as individuals, in our households, in this body, and in this community around us. Lord, I pray that you would awaken us to who you are and what you have for us. Would you strengthen us, Lord? Father, as we pray, we would see you, ha- you move and things happen. That we would be changed. So strengthen our lives, Lord, for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and God be with you, and know that as your pastor, I'm praying for you. If you'd like to sign up for an hour throughout this week for prayer, uh, you can, again, the link will be on Facebook. You can see Pastor Catherine or I. We can text it to your phone right away, and then you'll have it. May God bless you, and it's been good to see you. For those of you who watch this on live stream, thanks for joining us this morning.